everyone. Welcome to So Good Sisterhood. I'm your host, Julie Mullins, and my husband Todd and I pastor Christ Fellowship Church together. The So Good Sisterhood is a podcast that is all about investing in every girl from every generation. It's this opportunity to have relevant conversations every single month about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And hopefully it will leave you saying, that was so good. Hey everyone, welcome back to the So Good Sisterhood podcast. This is where we sit down a couple of times a month and have really great conversations about living intentionally, leading confidently, and loving generously. And I cannot believe that we are already in season three. Today I have my good friend, Carissa Robinson. She's the director of our sisterhood here at the church and the director of our young adults. How are you doing, Carissa? Doing good. I'm so excited. I can't believe it. Season three. I know, season three. Hey, we have loved hearing your feedback on the podcast. Keep letting us know what God is speaking to you through this content. It's been so amazing to hear from you. So keep sharing this podcast too. We're hearing so many amazing girls from all around the country, all around our Christ Fellowship campuses, talk about the content, share it with their friends, subscribe and be a part. It's been super special. Yeah. And make sure you check out the show notes because there's always some really great updates for sisterhood in there. And so... I'm excited about this season because we're jumping into a series called Going Deeper. We're going to dig deeper into God's word and unpack some truth that you just don't get if you stay on the surface. We're going to take a deep dive into some of the challenges that we as women face as leaders in our homes and in our careers. But here's the deal. Whatever deep challenges that you may be facing, it might be anxiety or grief. It may be just that that sometimes you feel like you're drowning in the demands of life. What I want you to know is that the depth of your challenge is no match for the depth of God's goodness, his kindness, and his affection toward you. And so I cannot wait to take this journey with you over the coming weeks. So so Carissa, you're going to be kicking this off for us. So why don't you get us started? Yeah, I'm excited because really, Pastor Julie, your message at Sisterhood Night around the book of Jonah has had a ripple effect in the conversations in our sisterhood. And, and I've just been hearing so many follow-up questions come out of this message because we really did go deep. Yeah. And in deep mm-hmm. places, there's some follow-up questions. And so I'm excited excited to take us through this message, Pastor Julie. We're going to hear some clips from your message, and then I'd love to ask you some deep questions. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. ready. I'm ready. (laughs) Well, I couldn't think of a better way to kick off season three of the podcast than looking back at your sisterhood night message. You preached a powerful message on the book of Jonah, and I want us to go ahead and listen to why you picked the book of Jonah. So let's lean in and listen to this clip. I was praying about this word that God would have me to speak over our sisterhood. And I sensed that that God whisper into my heart. And and the only thing that I heard was that I want you to speak out of the book of Jonah. First of all, it's this really familiar story, right? And so if you grew up in church, you probably know this story about this prophet who runs away from God and God sends a huge fish and he ends up in the belly of the whale. The whale coughs him up on the beach and God restores him. And he's a God of second chances. Yes, I saw that VeggieTales episode. Anybody else, right? So if you grew up in church, that's, it's, it just is so familiar. But maybe if you didn't grow up in church and you're a, a skeptic, of what the word of God has to say, there's another hurdle that a lot of skeptics have to jump over. And that is that that it is scientifically impossible for a fish to swallow a human being and for them to survive. 
Well, I did a little bit of research on this and there actually have been a few accounts over the last couple hundred years of a fisherman that have been swallowed um, by whales and have lived to tell the story. I actually read that back in 2020 in the Cape Cod Times, they reported that a lobster diver, Michael Packard, was swallowed by a humpback whale and he lived to tell the story. But, and I could spend a lot of time trying to prove this point. But if I try to prove this point, then you're gonna miss the point. Because this account of Jonah, it's not a story of a rebellious prophet or a huge fish. See, God knew that this story would be ridiculous and unbelievable. But this is a story of a gracious God who will do ridiculous, unbelievable things in his persistent pursuit after his people, even when we decide to go our own way. Even when we willfully walk away from him, he consistently, persistently, ridiculously pursues us. And that's what this story is about. And so we pick up the story in Jonah chapter one, verse one. And it says this, that the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, arise, go to Nineveh. And I'm just gonna stop right there for a minute because I don't wanna just pass by the first miracle in this story, that we serve a speaking God that wants to speak to his people. I love it. I love it because it really is so true. When, when you said that when we hear the book of Jonah and, and the story of Jonah, that it really is ridiculous and unbelievable, right? And right. That, that the thread <laughs> of it is just God's consistent and persistent pursuit of, of chasing after his people. And so Pastor Julie, I'd love for you to answer this question. How do we make sure we don't miss and we keep our eyes on God's consistent and persistent pursuit of us? How has this played out? in your life. Yeah, I would probably kick it off, Carissa, by, by, just, by just saying again that this ridiculous, unbelievable pursuit that God pursues us for relationship, even when we go our own way, it's actually a story that is told from Genesis to Revelation. I mean, think about it, like Adam and Eve rebel. And then in, in Genesis chapter three, verse nine, it says God called and he said, where are you? He pursued them. And then it's ridiculous that a 90-year-old woman named Sarah would, would have a baby that would become the, the beginning of the nation of Israel, the nation that was going to be set apart to, to carry God's presence into the world so that people could have a relationship with God. He shows up in burning bushes. He shows up by parting Red Seas. He's continually rescuing and restoring. And no matter how many times the people failed him, he just keeps showing up. And then ultimately he shows up, God shows up in the New Testament as Jesus, and he comes to this earth and anyone who believed in him could find this relationship. And I, I just think it is so incredible that this kind of God just continues to pursue us. And I've just seen this play out in my own life and in so many of the girls that are on this podcast. I've seen it play out in your lives too. But I, I just think about, first of all, that um, then when I wasn't even looking for God as a 14-year-old girl, that he found me. He found me. I wasn't even looking for him. And, and that just is just a story of his grace. And I started thinking about um, Carissa, that that's your story too. You right. were definitely not looking for God when you showed up at our very first sisterhood night. Yeah, it's so true. It's, it's really crazy. The first sisterhood night, the original sisterhood night that I went to, I, I was really young, but I actually showed up hungover. 
which I'm not proud to say, but it is. And I'm not going to ask you how old you were. Yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that. But it was really a testimony of God's pursuit of me, right? Despite Mm -hmm. where I was at and what I was doing, God was chasing after me. He wanted Mm -hmm. my attention. And it really was, it is a huge part of my testimony. Yeah. Well, I love it, but he doesn't just stop pursuing us once we've entered into a relationship with him. And I think about in the story that, that, um, when, that Jonah actually stopped talking to God when God said something that he did not want to hear. And to be honest with you, I've done that too. Like I've not just stopped talking to God altogether, but you know, there's been times when, when he said, you need to have that hard conversation. Yeah. You need to forgive that person. And I might talk to him about a lot of other things, but I'm not going to talk to him about that. I kind of <laughs> avoid it. And yet, even though I ignore him, he still corrects, he still convicts, and he still sometimes allows for situations to escalate to the point that I can't ignore the problem anymore. And these aren't, this isn't his punishment. This is him providing a way for me to, to grow and, and providing a way for not only my relationship to be restored with him, but relationships to be restored with other people too. I love it. And I love that you shared that you you heard God speaking to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's profound. You actually mentioned it in your previous yeah. clip that that was really the first miracle in this story was that God is a speaking God. Mm-hmm. And I would just love to know, Pastor Julie, how do you know when God is speaking to you? Is yeah. there a way to tell? Yeah. You know, I just want to just encourage the the girl out there that, um, that you don't feel like you've ever heard the audible voice. I just want you to know that I have never heard the audible voice of God. And I, I am one that, that I hear God first and foremost through his word, that God speaks the loudest through his word. There's times that we're reading the word and if we're consistent, there's times that that verse just jumps off the page. And we know that, that there's something that day that God wants to speak to us. His, his word is alive. It's active it's timeless, but it's timely. And if you want to hear his voice, you have to learn it, love it, figure out how to live it. So, and he's never, that's what you need to know. He's never going to tell you to do something that does not line up with the truth of his word. He's not going to tell you it's okay to sleep with your boyfriend. He's not going to tell you that you don't have to forgive that person, but and, and he's not going to tell you that, that you can lie to get out of a tough spot. I mean, he's everything he says, it, it's always going to line up with his word, but he's first and foremost, the first language of the Holy Spirit is God's word. And the second thing is that he speaks to us by his spirit. And, you know, when we ask Jesus to come into our life, um, that, that he deposits the Holy Spirit within us. And all of us are born with a conscience, right? There, we, we've all, we all grew up with a conscience. Before we even knew Jesus, there were times when our conscience would speak to us, you know, that that's just not right, or, right. you know, and, or don't say that. But when we ask the Holy Spirit to come in, then the Holy Spirit begins to inform our conscience. The Holy Spirit in us will begin to inform our conscience. And that's when he convicts us. He, that, that little, you know, twinge when we're getting ready to say something that we know we shouldn't say, (laughs) or we just, you know, we just did something that, that used to not make us feel bad. But now that we're walking with him, you know, we know that that doesn't line up. And, and so most of the time, that when the Holy Spirit speaks to us through our conscience, it's something that, it, again, it's something that, um, that he wants us to live out in his word, right? So the word of God tells us that, that we're, gonna, we're supposed to be generous, that that is the heart of our Heavenly Father. And so how the Holy Spirit, our conscience, will speak into that is that 
they'll tell it he'll that he'll he'll prompt us to be generous to some single mom that might be walking by and it's like you just all of a sudden get this feeling like I know I'm supposed to be generous I think I'm supposed to give her $500 or you know whatever that is or or there's something you know the word tells us to forgive and then the Holy Spirit will prompt us at times, convict us that, that we need to forgive that person. We may not even remember that we were holding an offense, about, offense against them, but when we see them or when we're in a worship service and God speaks, his Holy Spirit will, will prompt us to forgive. So when the Holy Spirit speaks to us, it's usually to live out his word. The, thus, the, one of the ways he speaks to us too is God uses wise, godly people. You know, Proverbs 13.20 says, to walk with the wise and you will be wise. And so I, I think it's important that he doesn't just use any people to right. amplify his voice in our lives. Yeah. He doesn't, you know, it, it doesn't say that he, he'll use anyone. What he's saying is he's going to use wise, godly people and um, to be able to speak into us. So that's why it's so important to have people that are spiritually leading the way, that they're, that they're a little bit further down the road. I'm amazed sometimes, you know, especially as girls, like we will not even show up at a party without actually consulting our friends on, is this the right outfit to wear? Are these the right shoes? We're not going to show up to a party. (laughs) But then there's like times when we are like facing these big life decisions. And we don't invite anyone into those decisions. And so it's just crazy that, um, that this is not, this is, this is not how it's supposed to be. That, that we, that, that God speaks to us when we're making big life altering decisions that, that who to date, you know, yeah. who to marry. Right. If we're supposed to, to change jobs or pick up and move our family across the country, God gave us this gift of community. And so the last thing is, is that, um, that sometimes God uses our life circumstances. Mm-hmm. We'll be praying about something and then, and we ask God, Holy Spirit, just open our eyes to see the things that you want us to see. A couple of weeks ago, we were praying about a very important decision here at the church. And we, we knew that we needed the Holy Spirit to show up and we did not have the audible voice. We felt like it was the right direction to move. And in two days, it was amazing how randomly leaders, you know, spiritual leaders that we trust, you know, began to speak about that specific person and that specific position that we were actually praying about. And so if you ask the Holy Spirit to open your eyes, he aligns our circumstances and he aligns um, the people in our lives to be able to speak over that. So I love it. Anything else you want to add to that? I mean, I I just took some notes. I wrote one thing that you said. It's very difficult to know you've heard the voice of God unless you know what he sounds like. Right. We have got to get in the Mm -hmm. word of God if we want to hear and know Mm -hmm. that we're hearing the voice of God. That's profound and life-changing. And if we could literally stop right here, because this is deep stuff, if we could just apply this to our walk with the Lord, it would change everything. When we know how to hear the voice of God, It, it makes all the difference. It's going to mark us for the rest of our lives. Yeah. For the rest of our lives. I, one of the girls in middle school came in, um, up to me after the, the sisterhood night, and she said, I heard God's voice. Amazing. I said, what did he say? That I am supposed to be a voice to speak his truth over my generation. I about fell on the floor. I'm sure you did. Because I thought, if you can hear the voice of God as a middle schooler, which I believe that our middle schoolers, high schoolers, moms, 
70-year-olds out there, career girls, God wants to speak to you, and it's going to mark the rest of your life. It's going to determine the trajectory of the rest of your life. So nothing like it. Nothing like it. It's so good. This has already been so good, but we're going to go ahead and move into the next part of the message. Pastor Julie, you taught on when you go in the opposite direction, it's going to cost us something, right? And so we're going to go ahead and jump into this next clip. When I think about the story of Jonah, it starts in chapter one where, where, where we jump in. It says that God tells Jonah to go to Nineveh and preach a revival, a tent meeting at Nineveh. So that the people there would repent and turn back to God. And this seems like a really reasonable request for God to make of Jonah because Jonah was a prophet and it was actually a prophet's job to declare God's word over people so that they repent, they would repent from their ways and turn back to him. So he was a prophet. But it says that on the way to the port to get on a ship to Nineveh, something must have happened because Jonah decides that he is not going to go. Instead, he wants to go in the opposite direction. And before you start judging Jonah and thinking like, what kind of prophet is he? You have to realize that Nineveh at the time was the largest city in the known world. The people of Nineveh were actually known to be brutal, cruel, they would kill their enemies, bury them, skin them, and leave them on the side of the road to intimidate anyone that might threaten them. Jonah's like, really? I mean, they were terrorizing um, God's people. They were terrorizing Israel. So Jonah's like, no, thank you. I kind of like my skin, right? So he decides that, that I'm not going in that direction. I'm going to Tarshish. And you know that the fare that he had to pay To go to Tarshish, it cost more. The trip was gonna take longer. The journey would be harder. But it says in verse three that he paid the fare and he boarded the ship. He paid the fare, right? You bet he did. This trip cost him a lot more than what he realized. And whenever you go in the opposite direction of where God is asking you to go and away from his purposes, it's always gonna cost you more than you thought you'd have to pay. And it's gonna take you places that you never wanted to go. Oh man, that section got real. I mean, you brought some crazy facts about the Nineveh people. Where do you learn this stuff? They they were crazy. Yeah. I'm telling you. So Wild. and it's so fun to like dig deep into the word of God. And one of the things I love to do is I love studying commentaries. I actually have um some some Bible study commentary software. Um, I actually purchased logo software that helps me to be able to dig deeper for weekend messages and for content that I'm preparing. But there's, it, it has several commentaries on there. And some of my favorites are the New American Commentary, Exegetical Summary Series, New Covenant Commentary Series. There's also one called the Life Application um, Commentary that I really love too. And it's just about how to just really apply God's word to your life. So it's, it. it's awesome. I love digging deeper. I recommend it to anyone because yeah. I could get lost in rabbit holes. This is the problem when I prepare a message. I didn't just prepare a message for Sisterhood Night. I prepared a six-week series that I had to deliver in 35 <laughs> minutes. But um, but it's just, it's super fun. And, you know, just I the more I read it, the more I love it. I love that so much. Well, speaking of Nineveh, if God asked you, to go to Nineveh. Mm. Pastor Julie, what would your first thought be? Wow. Well, I can say that God has asked me 
at times to go to my Nineveh. Yeah. And my first thoughts have not always been, oh, yes, Lord, send me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we all have Nineveh assignments, right? Nineveh is this assignment. It's this hard place. It might be a hard relationship that we know that God has called us to, but that we really don't want to go to. And so sometimes it's a relationship, a family member that is hard to reach and maybe even openly oppositional to us. And, and we know we're going home for Christmas and we're going to have to be there with them. And, you know, and, and it's an assignment or it's a season when you're called to do something that in your flesh that you don't want to do. And, you know, after our sisterhood night, I got an email from, from a precious woman in our church and I've known her for a really long time. And she said, Julie, you made a joke about, you know, isn't it great that, that we don't have to be home changing diapers right now? Mm-hmm. And she said, I just want to ask you to don't forget about those of us who aren't changing babies' diapers, but, but we're actually caring for our aging parents wow. with dementia and Alzheimer's. And, and I, my heart, you know, just sunk. And, and it was, it, you know, she just said how much the night meant to her and how she knew that this season is her Nineveh that wow. the, the season of sacrifice that she is giving her all to care for her mom. And I just want to give a shout out to all of you who are in seasons when, when you're doing something that, that you wouldn't necessarily want to do, but the work is sacred. And, you know, I just, I just thought that there's just a sacredness yeah. to that season. And, and this is the, you know, this is what I have to ask myself. And the question I would ask you is that a Nineveh is an assignment that is hard, that we might not want to do but that God's calling us into to build our character and and to love somebody else. And I would probably ask the question, when was the last time that you did something that you didn't feel like doing just because God said so? Wow. Just because he said so. So we don't have to live in Nineveh. This is what I think we need to know is that, you know, Nineveh wasn't where Jonah was called to live. But it was a season of stretching and calling. And whenever we're called to go into Nineveh, we're going to come out stronger. Wow, that is some real stuff right mm-hmm. there. But it's so true. And and I was just thinking about uh, the boat that you yeah. referenced. Because <laughs> Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, right. but he found a boat to head to Tarshish. And, and I think it's really interesting because we've all kind of been in a spot mm-hmm. before when we might think we're on a boat to Tarshish. And, mm-hmm. and, and I would just love to hear, like, what are some telltale signs that, that we might be headed in the wrong direction? We're yeah. supposed to be headed towards our Nineveh, but we're going the wrong way. Yeah, I know. This is, this is a great question that someone sent in. And so this is the deal. First of all, if you know what you are doing does not line up with God's word, you are in a boat to Tarshish. You are yeah. heading in the wrong direction. If you're negative or you know talking about other people, if you're you're drinking or using drugs to to numb pain um, or just to just to enjoy life, if you're if you're lying to your parents, I mean things like this that are just clear in God's word you're heading in the wrong direction. And so I just, I felt like I just need to kind of get that out there because everything else I say, you know, just kind of follows up on that because sometimes we, we are trying to obey God's word. Secondly, if you're asking yourself questions like, is what I'm doing really wrong? Is it really a sin or how close 
is too close. And so here's the deal. So when, when Todd and I were student pastors, we would teach the series every single February about, you know, true love waits and talking about, you know, just, just moral and sexual purity. And that was the question we would get every single time from a middle school student yeah. was, you know, how close, how close is too close? How far can I go with it actually being sin? Wow. Is it kissing? Is it something more? What is it? And the question they were asking is, you know, how close to the line of sin can I get before it's actually sin? Yep. And I think we ask ourselves that question. How close can I get to that line that if someone actually blew on us, we would fall over the line, you know? <laughs> and, and I think that's the wrong conversation. You know, I, I think that, um, that as women, sometimes if you're asking yourself the question and you're online and you're having conversations with somebody else besides your husband and you're having online conversations, how close is too close? It's too close. Wow. How, how much can, can, I, can I drink without getting drunk? You know, how much, what, what's that line? If you're asking yourself that question, I think you're getting a little bit too close. And I just think it's always wise to draw your line so far away from the line of sin that yeah. if you cross your own line, you're, you're not even in the danger territory. And I think the third thing is if, if people that you know and that you love have stopped asking you hard questions or challenging you on the choices that you're making, you're probably in a boat drifting in the wrong direction. Because what I found is that, is that when, when you're actually in community and people are asking you hard questions, you're staying pretty grounded. You're staying you know, on, on the shore. And so I think that um, when we start getting defensive about the choices that we're making and, and we make it hard for other people to speak into our lives, I think that's a, a real telltale sign. Yeah. If the people you trust have stopped speaking into your life. And then the third thing is, is that am I closer today than I was three months ago. Am I closer to Jesus today than I was three months ago? And I think if you can answer that question and look back and ask that question, and whatever that answer is, is going to be a real telltale sign of whether you're heading in the wrong direction or whether you're in a boat on the way to Tarshish. Those are really helpful. Seriously, if, if we could just work through those, we will know if we're in the boat headed in the wrong direction. That's right. <laughs> Thank you mm -hmm. for that, Pastor Julie. Well, we're going to keep going. We're going to keep digging deeper. And I've got two words to describe the next section. Pastor Julie, you talked about the manifest presence. It's going to get real. Yeah. Let's go ahead and lean <laughs> into this next section. See, anytime that God speaks to you and has a word for you, there's always going to be a boat waiting for you at a dock to take you in the opposite direction of God's purposes over your life. Don't get on that boat. But Jonah, he gets on it. And, and it says in verse three that Jonah gets on the boat and then he went down into the boat with the sailors to go to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. This away from the presence of the Lord is like a theme throughout this entire first chapter of Jonah. But think about it for a minute. See, Jonah's a prophet. So if anybody knew that you couldn't run away from God, Jonah would have been the one that would know it. He would have known Psalm 139 where it says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I flee from your spirit? If I go to the mountains, you're there. If I make my, my bed in the depths of a grave, you're there. Everywhere I go, there you are. See, he would have known that, that he could not get anywhere because God would show up because God is omnipresent. That is the nature 
of his existence. There's a difference between the manifest presence of God and the omnipresence of God. The omnipresence means that God is everywhere, but he can go unnoticed. The manifest presence is when he chooses to make himself known for our benefit and for his glory. God is working on our behalf to make himself obvious. The word manifest actually means something that is clear and obvious to the mind and eye. It's what God does to make himself obvious so his presence can be felt, it can be enjoyed, it can be experienced. He wants us to experience his presence. He wants to make himself known in our lives. The manifest presence of God is the difference between knowing about God and walking with God. It's partnering with him to do things that, that could never be done on your own. This section's really powerful because, Pastor Julie, you you preach on this moment when Scripture actually says that Jonah goes away yeah. from the presence of the Lord. And that's a pretty scary place to be because he literally hops into the boat that's going to take him away from the presence of God. And and I know we talked about this a little bit in the last section, but but I would just love to know, Pastor Julie, how do we say no to the boat when, when God's call seems too hard, I don't want to go to Nineveh. Yeah. <laughs> How do we say no to the boat that's going to take us in the wrong direction? This is such a great question. I'm so passionate about this question because the truth is I'm older than most of you that are listening. I'm, I'm not necessarily smarter or wiser, but I have a lot of experience that is going to inform this answer. Yeah. I have a lot of experience looking in the rearview mirror. And I would first... First of all, just say that that this question, how do I say no to a boat when God's calling seems too hard? This is at the core of our calling as his disciples. He never said that it was going to be easy. And, you know, when Jesus first meets Peter on the Sea of Galilee, he's standing in the boat. He's teaching people at the seashore. After Jesus is finished teaching, he says, Peter, go out into the deep waters and let down your nets. And Peter looks at Jesus and he's like, I've already fished all night. See, Peter's experience told him that the fish were in the shallow water and the best time to fish is at nighttime. But Peter did not let his experience get in the way. See, he said, but because you say so, I'm going to go out into the deep waters. This is at the core of what it means to be a disciple, that I'm going to do what he calls me to do, even if it seems illogical. See, for Peter... This went against what his mind thought and what his feelings felt. See, Jesus could have had the fish jump in the boat with him, but Jesus wanted to partner with Peter. He called him out to the deep water, this place of faith. And that's what the deep water is, that God's calling us to deep places so that he can partner with us. And it's gonna be hard. So I'm gonna go back to the original question. How do I say no to the boat? When, when it just seems too hard. And I think the first thing is, is that, you know, we shared this at Sisterhood Night, it goes back to your commitment. You have to commit. Your future is going to be determined by the commitments you make and the steps you take to walk out that commitment. And I just think that, that we've got to be committed. And then, you know, the second thing is, I think you have to decide that, that the short-term pain is going to be worth the long-term gain. And this is our, our journey as a disciple. There's going to be some short-term pain, but think about it. Just physically, there's short-term pain when you go to the gym, but the long-term gain is 
health and wholeness and right. hopefully six pack abs, not for me, <laughs> but for some people, you know, there's, there's short term pain when you're going through four years of college and, and studying every single night. But the gain is, is that you have this lifetime knowledge that you get to carry with you into every season. It's about being committed and being determined that you are not going to, to, to forego some short term pain because what the gain that God has for you in your future is going to be worth it. I love the commitment that you gave us all that we will do what mm-hmm. Jesus says just because he said to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. That is a commitment we all need to hold on to. All right. Well, to the manifest presence of God, you defined it in this section. You said that the manifest presence is when God chooses to make himself known for our benefit and for his glory. That's mm-hmm. the manifest presence yeah. of God. And I, I just want to know how can we grow deeper in walking with God and living in the manifest presence yeah. of God? Yeah, this is the deal. The Holy Spirit not only wants to work in us, but he wants to be on us. He wants like other people to notice that yep. that he is present in our lives. And and I started thinking about this question, Chris, I thought, you know, the first thing is, is that we have to experience the manifest presence for ourselves. We yeah. have to show up where we know God is. And I was thinking about this because we have this precious couple in our church named Ray and Denny Meganson. Denny's one of our sisterhood leaders at our Jupiter campus. And they're, they're you know, they're a little bit older than I am in their golden years, very mature in their faith, like have been walking with Jesus for 60 years now. And they were sharing recently that it was in a worship service that they were, that they were worshiping and God spoke to them separately in that time of worship about something, a deep need that they had. He was, Ray was walking through cancer. They were trying to discern which direction to go. And separately in the manifest presence of God, God spoke to them and gave them the answer. And I just thought, you know what? When you've been walking with Jesus for like 60 years, you could easily say, I can skip church this Sunday. (laughs) You know, I don't need to be there. But what's amazing is he doesn't just want us to know him as savior. He wants us to know him as healer. He wants us to know him and grow in our knowledge of him and and being in that place we never outgrow being in the spaces and places where he shows up and so it's important that we that that's where we experience it and and see what even the manifest presence looks like secondly i think that we need to remember that the manifest presence is really about this partnership this partnership of a supernatural god that wants to partner with us i mean every miracle in the new testament was this partnership you know the the turning water into wine that there were guys that had to go get the jars right so every miracle the loaves and the fishes the boy had to show up with his lunch. I think first it's creating an atmosphere where the Holy Spirit is welcome. You know, I I know for me, it was declaring God's word over Jefferson every single day. We were believing for a miracle in his life, but declaring God's word actually made way for the miracle because as he got older, he began to declare God's word. He was able to step into his calling. I think the second thing is in creating an atmosphere where his presence is welcome, nothing can replace your personal worship time, prayer time, and study of God's word. Spending time with God's with God every single day is creating this atmosphere where his spirit can work and then spending time with people that you know 
that you see the manifest presence on their lives, you need to get around those people so that some of that rubs off on you. I love this, that we can actually walk in and live in the manifest presence of God. It's available to us and, and we just need to get around the people that are walking in it and living in it and choose to step into this invitation that that God's presence is available to us. So I have loved this conversation and we really have, we have delivered on going deep, Pastor Julie. We have gone deep. We've gone so deep. We've gone so deep. We've gone deep, wide and long. So <laughs> And long especially, and long. but I hope you are leaning in, taking notes. So much wisdom here, Pastor yeah. Julie. And so we actually have to cut this episode into two parts. Well, hey, we are going to just go ahead and break here, but we want you to jump into part two. It's available right now. You can hop into it and we're going to continue this conversation on Jonah. In fact, we're going to jump into a conversation on when Jonah ignored the voice of God. And this is real for all of us to hear. So we've all done jump, it. We've all done it. <laughs> so go ahead and jump into this next episode as we continue this conversation. We're so glad you joined us today for the So Good Sisterhood podcast. For additional resources and show notes from today's episode, check out our website, sogoodsisterhood.com. Remember, God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, but He's always doing a new thing. What step are you going to take today so you don't miss out on it? If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend or just leave us a comment. We hope today's episode leaves you feeling so good. 